Dirty moderates, dirty moderates, dirty moderates. Thank you, first and foremost, for listening to this podcast. If you are listening to this episode, there are at least 15 episodes at your disposal right now on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We're going to talk about a lot in the next 10, 15 minutes. But first off, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for giving podcast life embodiment to the idea of being a dirty moderate, which I am proudly, and I know many of you are, and some of you are don't even know it. Some of you are realizing it. Some of you are coming out as dirty moderates. Woohoo! All right? Be out and be proud. That's what I say in everything. So yeah, make sure you listen to all 15, and we are then going to be doing them on a regular basis. I can't promise you every week, but we're going to try for once a week because we've got so many great guests yet to come. And apart from this episode, the other nine of them are me interviewing guests, right? Of all stripes, all backgrounds, authors, scholars, cabinet members, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, thanks for joining us. But I have to say, and I have to ask everybody the big question, right? And you don't have to be a dirty moderate to wonder aloud about this. What the hell is happening? All right, that's what I want to talk about. What the hell is happening? Well, first of all, and this is one of the reasons I created this podcast is saving democracy, fighting for it keeping the American idea and the American ideal alive is a central cause of mine, my producers, and I know many of you out there. Let's call it the 2020 coalition, the SWAF, right? The circle joined in unity of progressives, liberals, conservatives, independents, never Trumpers, former Republicans, and everybody that unified to get Donald Trump out of office. Now, we're in election year. We're in 2022. This is a midterm election year, bad year, typically for incumbents. But for a few different examples, George W. Bush in 2002, after 9-11, because the country was in a war on terror, the Republicans did not get quashed in the House and the Senate. Bill Clinton's second term in 1998, he had been reelected in 96. He did not get uh, quashed, believe it or not, despite all of his troubles. But those are aberrations. Those are exceptions, deviations from the norm. We have a very, 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 very fragile situation right now, not to be gloomy, but we have to remain vigilant, which is my point. The fight for democracy doesn't go away. I know people were tired in 2020, or you feel listless, or you feel apathetic, or you feel worn down by people who really want to turn this country into an authoritarian, an authoritarian state who want to move us toward autocracy. So that's what they're counting on, folks. They're counting on you guys, all of you, moderates, liberals, whomever, right, to just be, you know what, I don't have another, I don't have it in me. I don't have the effort. I don't have the bandwidth. I can't mobilize. I did so much in 2020, and I thought this thing was over, and Trump was going to go away, and we're not going to have to deal with it. Trump isn't going away. He's going to run for president. He's likely to be the nominee. Okay, If he's not, I think it'll be DeSantis, which is probably just as bad, maybe even worse because he's smarter and slicker than Trump. And Trumpism is here to stay. And I don't even say that as an ideological point. I am not a Democrat. Okay, I want to go over this with people. I am not a Democrat. Okay, one more time. I am not a Democrat. But like many Americans, I am not a Republican either. There's about 20 to 40% of us, you can look it up in various polls and various studies, that are the swing voter. We decide the elections. Okay, I've historically been a Democrat and voted Democratic because 
What options do I have? John McCain and Mitt Romney, I didn't vote for either of them, but it would have been okay. Though I love Barack Obama, and I'm glad that he had two terms. I'm glad that we elected twice. Hard to believe in the state we're in, a black president. But this is not John McCain's Republican Party. Mitt Romney is in the Senate. He's the only Republican to vote to convict Trump twice after he's been impeached twice. He recently confirmed, along with Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, who doesn't always know where the hell she is, but she does sometimes, uh, voted to confirm the most qualified person who happened to be a black woman, the first black woman to ever be nominated to the Supreme Court. She was confirmed 53 to 47. That is Associate Justice Katanji Brown Jackson formerly of the uh, D.C. court, where she had been approved by Republicans prior. and But for three Republicans, 47 said no, for no reason. Harassed her, harangued her, put her through all sorts of ridiculous questioning while she was before the Judiciary Committee. Are babies racist? Do you support child predators? What's the definition of a woman? This is the kind of crap, okay, that the Republican clown car is throwing out there. But while they're throwing this out there, okay, and working the rabble into a lather, right, getting the masses all crazed, they're destroying democracy. Most of them. And what I mean by most of them is people who follow me and listen to this podcast. And by the time you listen to this episode, you'll certainly be well aware of it. We started making endorsements and we have officially endorsed Liz Cheney for Congress. <gasps> Progressives can't believe it, even though they like what she's doing on January 6th. Well, you guys better believe it, because in the red, 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 red state of Wyoming, which was Trump's best state, I think he won the state by 40 points. You can check them on that. If not, probably West Virginia was. There is no Democrat winning anywhere, anytime. Liz Cheney is in the primary fight of her life. It's an open primary, by the way, which means you can send her money, and please do. The majority of her money is coming from California, New York, and Connecticut. Lots of blue money, because if she does not get the Republican nomination to run for the single congressional seat in Wyoming, there's two senators and one congressperson, sparsely populated state, to say the least. So there's only one congressional district. She's in the seat her father, Cheney, once held. and We all know who he is, but he was once a congressman from Wyoming, and she's different. All right. She is on the front lines, regardless of what her last name is, to help save democracy. She said even if she loses, she's going to make sure Donald Trump never gets anywhere near the White House. She's lost her leadership position. She's put it on the line. All right. You don't agree with her on infrastructure. All right. You don't agree with her on taxes. So what? This is a democracy that needs to be saved because a democracy worth fighting for is a democracy that really, really, really thrives on disagreement. America has always been a place where healthy, robust dispute takes place. That's our founding. The Constitution almost wasn't ratified. Even though the Anti-Federalists didn't win, the foundations of Jeffersonian democracy and uh, the idea of a sort of small government, agrarian land, a government that Jefferson himself ended up leading, had the foundations of a great debate between what does it mean to be an American? We beat the British, and so now we got to form a government. What's that mean? We're going to have a strong central government all unified uh, among 13 states right now, 13 uh, former colonies? Or are we going to be small, little decentralized, what they call laboratories of democracy? Well, we're going to be both. 
the system is called federalism, and that means that there's a tension between the central government, the strong federal government, and the states. And in America, we hash all that stuff out. We're always debating. We're always disputing. We shouldn't be afraid of that. My point being is Liz Cheney is a fearless leader. She believes in America, so I believe in her. I don't care about the other stuff because the alternative is a Trump-endorsed lunatic. And that seat will not be blue. Surprisingly, I saw a fair number of progressive followers of mine like that post, Liz Cheney's endorsement, which I think is great, great guys. It's just called thinking outside the box. Look, we're all in this together. You're either on the side of democracy or you're on the side of authoritarianism. This is not, okay, this is not about Democrat or Republican. Much deeper than that. Look at Ukraine. You got a swath of people who support Putin's genocide. There's no other way to put it. They support the genocide because they don't believe Ukraine deserves our help. And they don't believe that Putin's power grab, right, his invasion of a sovereign country, they don't believe that that is worth fighting for. They don't want to give Biden a win. They don't want to appear to be, oh, I don't know, uh, on the side of democracy. Not Liz Cheney, not Adam Kinzinger, not Mitt Romney, not everybody in the GOP. But in Trumpistan, yeah, that's what it is. 2022 election year, Joe Biden is having a hard time. Inflation and gas prices are hitting everybody. It's a combination of a lot of things. Excessive pent-up demand now released after a a brutal global pandemic. Supply chains can't keep up. It's also the fact that oil companies are happy to keep prices high, right? There's a lot of unused oil leases around that could be drilled on that aren't. So there is corporate greed at work, but there's also just economic malaise and sluggishness at work. Is it the fault of Joe Biden and the Democrats? No. But if you had told me I don't know, five years ago, that in a period of two years, we would spend close to $8 trillion or about $8 trillion with what we did from the start of the pandemic with all the COVID relief bills and all the bills we've since passed. I would have said, what? Because at some point, you do have to understand that does overheat the economy. And you know, the far left wants to say it's just corporate greed. It is. And the far right wants to believe it's all the fault of the Democratic Party, which it is not. But we spent like $8 trillion. You know, neither party cares about the debt. I care about the debt. I'm tired of hearing that doesn't matter. We have to spend it no matter what because the sky's going to fall and the bridge is going to collapse and um, your ear's going to fall off and the dog's going to eat your homework and the gorilla's going to eat your foot and the giraffe's going to eat your face and we're all going to go to hell. We're not. We're spending too much money and we better figure out what to do about that. Is that a fiscally conservative position? I guess so. But I think common sense Americans have to know that you can't just keep printing money of value. I mean, yeah, China will keep lending it and whatever, but the money will not retain its value. And some economists disagree. I'm not an economist, but give me a break. You just can't keep spending and spending and spending and spending. And that has contributed to inflation. Again, I'm not blaming Joe Biden. I'm saying there have been a chain of events that have been a rupture in continuity, and our economy has paid the price for it. But people feel the pain at the pump. So don't dismiss it. Okay. Don't say, oh, well, I mean, you, you, you know, people are dying in Ukraine. They are dying in Ukraine. And you should be more concerned about saving democracy here and abroad. But that also means, and both things are true, as I always say in this podcast, that you can understand how an average person who does 
believe in the American experiment and does believe in democracy is feeling a kind of fiscal pinch. And they're going to they're gonna vote these people out. These people happen to be mainly Democrats. I'm not happy about that because I think a red wave portends horrible things for the state of democracy. But I also think that the Democrats were handed a very narrow win. Joe Biden, yes, he won by 7.5 million popular votes, but the metric we go by is electoral college. If 45,000 votes or so had gone the other way, Trump would have been reelected after the way he handled the pandemic, after those 400,000 people died under his watch at that point. We have a million dead plus now. After, you know, extorting Zelensky, if you guys remember, extorting Ukraine, which is what got him impeached, to dig up dirt on the Bidens, to all of that. January, well, January 6th happened after that. But after all the Trumpian depravity and grotesquerie that went on, it was not a big win. And the Democrats just got to 50. They won those two Georgia Senate seats. Ossoff and Warnock. Warnock is up again this year. He's running against a total douchebag named Herschel Walker, former Dallas Cowboy, a former football player who seems who's been brought up on assault charges and seems out of his mind. But the point is, there might be hell to pay at the polls, which means that this year you got to vote. Vote, 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 vote. You got to organize. You got to vote. This is no time to be tired, no time to be apathetic. While people are out there talking about, LGBTQ don't say gay bills, revolting, disgusting, distracting, unnecessary, creating a problem in the culture where there is none to distract you from the fact that you guys are getting royally fucked. You're getting fucked. And I don't care what party you're in. The American experiment is in a precarious place. Somebody asked me the other day, am I optimistic or pessimist? I'm optimistic by nature, but I am a bit pessimist. And it gives me no great pleasure to see the party of Abe Lincoln, party of Dwight Eisenhower, party of Ulysses S. Grant, Teddy Roosevelt, to have become a traitorous cesspool. By the way, for tariffs against the FBI, love in Russia, hating the military, losers and suckers. When Marjorie Taylor Greene, as of this recording, said, if you join in the military, you're throwing your life away. I remember a Republican Party that inverted every one of those ideas and stood proudly for it. So it gives me no joy to see them collapse into the state they are because we are a two-party democracy, though I'm not a member of either of them, but you got to have two parties. You can't have just an all-power, omnipotent Democratic Party, folks. That's not what happens because as Lord Acton said it best, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But what you can do is you can stay engaged and you can vote. And one other way to stay engaged, and I'm fighting like hell on Twitter every day, guys. I use this podcast to hopefully inform and enlighten. It's my way of, and then now, and of course, we're endorsing the candidates, but my way of getting the message out that we cannot give up the fight. We're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're Americans. We can disagree, right? We can, we can even be divided on things. House divided cannot stand, said Abraham Lincoln, I should bring his name back into it since he's my favorite president. And that's that. This podcast is about talking to people. We're going to talk to everybody. We don't talk. We have no country. We don't engage. We have no debate. If we don't discourse, we have no democracy. Dirty Moderates, thank you for giving me this time. And I want to thank you again for listening to Dirty Moderate with me, Adam Epstein. Uh, we here on the whole team, I speak for all of us, are so grateful for your support. Don't forget to stay with us, to subscribe, continue uh, listening. If you're listening to this, as I said, you've got 15 episodes at your disposal. 
and we're going to have them probably every week, maybe more, maybe less. We got a lot of great guests coming, but whatever the case may be, I know you believe in this 250, roughly 250 year old idea called America. Let's not see this empire fall too soon, like all others have. All right, folks, thank you for joining me. And until the next episode, stay dirty, stay moderate.